you ready to talk about your favourite thing in the world? Percy Jackson. Oh, I was just trying to think. What is my favourite thing in the world? <laughs> Probably like oxygen or something. I feel like you're on one tonight. Water. <laughs> <laughs> the oh my sweet God. gift of life. <laughs> <laughs> what? Sunshine. It's sunshine. <laughs> okay, ready? Here we go. Welcome back to Percy and Beyond, a bookish odyssey, our book club podcast, which we've been reading through the Percy Jackson series. But this is another special episode. It's the second of our episodes covering the new Percy Jackson and the Olympians Disney Plus show, which uh, episode three has just come out today for us at time of recording. Uh, it's, it's Wednesday. And uh, yeah, we're going to talk through our reactions, thoughts. I've got a few notes, not as many as I had kind of on the last one. But yeah. Oh, I should probably say, I'm Will and I've never read Percy Jackson before. I'm Beth and I have. So yeah, what were your general thoughts on the episode, Beth? Oh, my general thoughts were... Oh, is it already over? Really? Yeah. With that one? Yeah. Okay. I really enjoyed it. I'd had a couple of drinks, so that might have been why. <laughs> Not why I enjoyed it, but like Wine why I Wine time podcast thought... this week. <laughs> <laughs> that came out all wrong. I'd had a couple of drinks, so that might be why I thought it went really fast, mm. rather than that's why I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it because it was good. Yeah, so the episode was 44 minutes, so it was equivalent to episode two, so it was about tied about the longest yeah. episode so far. I think that it's also maybe because I just want to see the whole thing. I'm just like, okay, yeah. here's here's this book that I love, and you're plotting it out, and you've got these really great actors and lots of money, so I just want to see every single moment from the book, from start to finish right now. It's interesting, because actually, this episode, I thought there were quite a lot of changes. There and were. I quite liked most of them. So did I. And they were also bang on with like some of the wording from it's like ripped straight from the book, which yeah. is amazing. I always yeah, love I think that. I've got a note on one of those moments. So my general thoughts were I think this might have been my favourite episode so far. Yeah. Yeah, and that might just be because you've got me all booked up and I'm now loyal to these books. Mm-hmm. And in even though, as I say, there were maybe more changes in some ways, it felt the most truthful to the book of the three episodes so far. And also it gave the story more time, which is the criticism we'd given the last two episodes. That's true. You know, in the first two episodes, they'd done half of the book, which left five episodes for the other half. Is that actually true? Uh, yeah, we got to chapter, I think, 11 by the end of episode two, and there's 20 chapters. No, it was chapter nine, sorry. Wow. I think. I can't remember. It's someone, still a lot. Someone will correct me, but it was around there. Well, I mean, we should know. Yeah. <laughs> we don't. Episode three of the TV show is called We Visit the Garden Gnome Emporium, like that chapter in the book. Mm-hmm. So immediately you get me do, sir. Yes. But interestingly, not a single garden gnome in sight. How peculiar. Although it's not... Oh, yeah. No, it is. It's a, like a... And then suddenly they start to unravel the mystery... And we, we didn't do the Medusa mystery at all in this episode. It was front-loaded. I like that, though, because... Annabeth was like, this is where Medusa lives. Yeah, I feel like <laughs> someone read the book and was like, that's a load of crap. That is maybe the most criticism I've ever heard you give that book. No, no, no. I was looking at you. <laughs> I stopped there and I looked at you because... Crap is fine. Okay. It's like someone read the book and was like, this is a load of crap. Annabeth would have worked it out. Okay. Um, that Auntie M and a garden full of statues was Medusa. And they were like, okay, so in the show she works it out. Yeah. And it just made sense and it was wonderful and I enjoyed it. Not that I think the books are crap. <laughs> Love you, Rick. I'm going to go through my notes roughly, but feel free to talk about anything that comes up because this definitely isn't exhaustive and some of them are 
whatever. My first, <laughs> so the very first scene is with the Oracle. And there's, there's no preface to it at all. We're just no. we're just in the attic. And to start with, I was like, okay, because I remember talking about that last time. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, we've only had one episode of Camp Half-Blood. And I was like, well, they've got to do the whole Oracle thing. Yeah. And I thought there might be a bit more time before that. But no, we went straight into it. And it, it sort of worked. But then the prophecy wasn't complete. It got completed later. But mm. to start with, I was like, what? what? <laughs> um, I liked the Oracle part. I think that... She looked really cool. She looks scary. Yeah. I mean, in the in the book, she's mummified. Yeah. But I don't think that that really mattered. The attic is full of clutter, like it's supposed to be, like hero memorabilia, which is fine. And the green mist came out, and it was Gabe that spoke, which was great. And it, in the book, it's him playing poker with his buddies, and they sort of take it in turns yeah. to speak. But we didn't see that at the beginning, him playing poker with we his buddies. Games, he was so. playing online poker, so it's fine. I would have... I think they did a good job of portraying Percy as, like being Percy and that he was sort of brave and then he was like you know what actually screw this it's, this is too much weird and then as soon as things started happening he was like okay I'll stick it out I'll see yeah. what happens and he was like funny in that moment which was nice there's a line in the book about him wanting to say something like sorry wrong door I was just looking for the bathroom which yeah. I think would have been cool in there but I also feel like with the green mist coming out they could have made it a bit more I, I sort of wanted it to be more overwhelming and a bit more sort of dizzying, but overall, that was very cool. I liked that scene. Yeah, and generally, on Percy, I thought... He's great. He really stood out to me this episode. Yeah, and me too. Yeah, this is the first... I've, I've suddenly, I just felt really comfortable with him by mm. about halfway through this episode. I, You know, we've said we thought he was great in the first two, but we're generally praising the others more. Yeah. And just think thought he was solid, but actually I, I thought he was really good in this episode. So the Oracle thing, they split it in two... And yeah. the second half of it's given later within that new scene with Grover and the kind of the horse poo, mm-hmm. which was very funny and I enjoyed that. But it kind of, they're doing this yeah. weird thing where they're set, setting up a kind of antagonistic weird vibe with Grover. Yeah. And they want to mix it with that oracle, the part of the prophecy that says someone's going to betray Percy, right? I was well confused about that because obviously they made a whole big thing about the selection process, like in the book. Grover is talked to by the Council of Cloven Elders yeah. and told that he's tied to Percy. So he hasn't failed nor succeeded in his protectorship of Percy, yeah. which means that when Percy is given this quest, Grover is automatically enrolled on it with him. They don't do that in himself. the... Exactly. Yeah. They've sort of just wiped that whole storyline, which is a little bit of a shame yeah. because it's quite key to Grover and his storyline as we progress. They've given him but an alternative, not... I guess, yeah. in that... Instead of that, he is in trouble now because he said all that stuff about Percy's mum being alive, which I guess. we thought was a bit strange. Yeah, but so like instead of being in trouble with the it's council, kind of he's putting in trouble him in the with same Mr. Emotional D. place, I think. Sure, it's maybe not fine. as high stakes because it's not his people, but but the satyrs are Mr. D's. Yeah, that's true, guys. So that and, and you know the satyrs are like meant to be sort of nervous of Mr. D, and mm. they worship him, and they well not worship, but you know like they serve him specifically. So. Obviously, we've got that bit where Grover is, like, not even involved in the selection process. It's much more closed doors in the book. They sort of yeah. do it all in one scene. You know, Chiron basically sets the whole thing up. He's invited Annabeth, we assume, yes. or she's snuck in and he just knows about it. Yeah. Because then he's, like, the third has already volunteered. Oh, yeah, she has that hat on still and then she And then she just takes her yeah. hat off and, yeah. But obviously, in this, they have Percy choose her. Yeah, out of a panel of... <laughs> 
a kind of X Factor. Yeah, I was looking at them and I was <laughs> like, okay, so who have we got? We've got Luke and Clarice. To be fair, they're the only named ones we've seen. Was Luke there? Yeah, he oh, was in that. Circle, yeah, and Clarice. Okay. And I, I felt like that was a weird, you know, like they made it work and they have their reasons for it. It was it, an interesting way to like spend a lot of money, I guess, yeah, in my opinion. It gave us a nice scene with Luke and Percy later where he was like, sorry, I didn't pick you. Yeah. Because, which I think was important because I think, for my money, Luke is underdeveloped at the moment. Yeah. And for us to, that big shift isn't going to feel like such a shock. I, I think that's why they're layering into this Grover's going to betray you yeah. thing is because we're meant to think his close friend and all eyes are on Grover and then it's going to be a big shock later on when it turns out to be Luke. Spoilers, by the way. Oh so. gosh, we um, need to put spoilers well, out. I mean, if they're listening to a podcast about episode three of them. <laughs> <laughs> we should still put it on the title. Yeah, okay. I think that's why they're doing that. But my worry is that we haven't really set Luke up as Percy's friend that much. Like, he's done a couple of nice no, things for him. No, I think he him. is. No, I think he's the only one, I would say. Oh, really? Like, out of the three, so let's say the three are what, I mean, four, let's say, four kids, Percy's mm. age we've met, Grover, who, like, the show just seems to be sort of setting them against each other for yeah, us. Yeah, and I think it's for this... Which is a shame. Kind of red herring. Yeah. And then we've got Annabeth, Clarice, and Luke. And out of yeah. all of them, Luke is the only one, I would say, is actually Percy's friend, because he's the one who... You know, he goes to Percy when he's had his nightmare and he's like, oh, we all get them. It's going to be okay. You know, I heard about what happened to you on the hill. I'm really sorry. Come That's sit true. with us at dinner or we'll sort this out together. Don't worry, we'll look after you and capture the flag. That sort of thing. He's I just feel like sort he, of looked out for him. He's not been in it as much. He's not. Really, what I would have wanted in episode one or two, I guess it is, the Camp Half-Blood episode, is not a lot. Just something more mm-hmm. like um, him teaching Percy to sword fight. Yeah, that was a shame as well That's, because it would have set him up as a swordmaster yeah. as he is meant to be. Uh, and that would have given more context to the, oh, maybe Percy should have picked him. Yeah, so with the whole setting Grover up to be the, with the prophecy, Yeah. I think that whole thing was a little bit confusing actually in this episode because mm. obviously Percy chooses Annabeth and he goes to talk to Grover who's dunging out the uh, Pegasus stables yeah. or field, which is a nice touch. And Percy says, oh, I've picked you. And we get like a flashback to the prophecy saying you shall be betrayed by the one who calls you a friend. As he tells Grover, no, I've I've picked you because I can't trust anyone else. And and in my head, that was a whole, I'm playing you. I've got you in my sights. I'm going to be betrayed by one who calls me a friend. You've already sort of done that by like selling me out to the school to get me kicked out yeah i don't really trust you you know we never properly made up or had it out over that whole thing but then later on when they're having it out after yeah. they've dealt with rtm percy actually says no i can't imagine i genuinely think that you're the only one who's my friend and yeah. it's annabeth who i picked because i expect her to betray me and that whole thing i thought was i well think confusing. that's all an intentional choice i can see why it's confusing i think he's I, what they're trying to give us is Percy has picked the two of them for kind of two opposite reasons. Yeah. And that hopefully they'll balance each other out. Is the idea. I think he was expecting Annabeth to betray him and then Grover to have his back. Yeah. But they played it really weird because when they played the scene where Percy was asking Grover to come, they made it seem like Percy didn't trust him at all. Well, it's just trying to give an audience that doesn't know the story various theories to get suspicious about, really. I suppose. Um, I think it's a sh- I mean, I'm all for Percy and grover being friends like i i need them sort of to be like yeah the besties that they are in the book yeah, because be that's closer. so wholesome and i think it's really important for both of their characters and for the plot going forwards 
And at the moment, I'm sort of like, what are they doing? On that horse theme, the Pegasus theme, mm-hmm. and just generally, I think there's been some really nice world building yeah. in this episode. And the special effects have been fantastic. Oh, it all looks amazing. Oh, it continues to. The winged um, shoes sprouting, yeah, that was beautiful, nice. coming out of the laces. Really nice. But in general, in, with additional scenes, so there's moments at Camp Half-Blood, things we might not have seen in the books, or we got kind of got a sense of New York and we got a bit mm-hmm. of the road trip. We got a bit of everything in this yeah. and it just kind of built out this, this Yeah, it was really nicely, good. I thought. Back on the selection scene, yeah. I couldn't remember in the book if it was... Current, basically, in the show says Hades is uh, under Los Angeles. So that's where you're going. Mm. And and I can't remember if it was so, spoon-fed that much because no. it was just you will travel west and yeah. meet the god who has turned... So they go west. And Aries and all of that is yet to and come. And they but... discover, like, they, they discover that LA... I'm pretty sure that yeah. LA might have been fed to them at some it point. It might have been. But I can't really remember. it was for, like, a weird... It was played off with, like, a weird one-liner, like, or where do all the... You know, like, in book two, when they turn up in Miami and Chiron's like, oh, everything strange washes up in Miami. Yeah. It was something like that. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, maybe in the context of all these things, Olympus is in New York. Everything has moved over this way. Yeah. So therefore, where would Hades be? Yeah. Something like that. It was something like. But then they find the address. They haven't found yeah. the address, but they find the address much later on. That's true. In Krusty's waterbed place. No, I think they find the address in Medusa's Hermes stuff. No. I don't. Well, maybe they do. I don't remember either. It's one of those. I'm pretty sure it's crusty, but I'm willing to be wrong. Okay. I liked the moment on the bus between Mrs. Dodds and Annabeth when she's wearing the hat and that conversation. That was different. And it set up um, a nice character moment later, which we touched on, where they've kind of both, well, all done something a bit shady. Mm -hmm. And it actually gives Grover a a redeeming moment where he becomes the kind of glue in the relationship and that it's is like, him can everyone chill out <laughs> yeah because percy is obviously this forbidden child i still hate the phrase by the way yeah it's a bit weird so percy's obviously got this like power and the gravity to him annabeth as mrs dodd says probably the most formidable demigod of her time and then grover's just like okay guys can we just be can we just all cl- please if we don't get along we're gonna screw this whole thing because you guys are both too stubborn and important and powerful for one of you to sort of be a pushover you need to like actually make this work i absolutely loved his song oh. so, just, that was such a good when moment. he just started clapping i was like what's he doing and it was and so then, and then grover. It was such a wholesome cute it campfire was so song. lovely and it's so grover and it also fits the satire thing of yeah. they have songs and they all and carry they read his, emotions like, pipes and he's like well verse two, what was the line it's like verse two has a whole bit about where we encourage each other to say nice things <laughs> yeah and you'll be surprised <laughs> any dispute just sort of melts away oh, he's so cute Aww. yeah no i i genuinely think the three of them are excellent still annabeth yeah. played i'd be interested to hear what you think i think annabeth is a little bit different i think they're playing annabeth more kind of badass for lack of a better word yeah more gravitas a bit colder I than in the books. think she's pretty cold in the books. I think she's more... She takes a long time to warm up. I agree, but I think there's more. she's more like sassy and a bit... like It feels more like childish cold in the yes, books. Yes, you're like, right. It is. Um, yeah. No, because I'm better... My mum is all this, and whilst in this, it, it, it feels like quite adult in some moments yeah. where she's like emotionally I think it off. fits Annabeth's character, though, because yeah. she has... So I read an interesting thing that basically compared Annabeth and Percy and was like, so both of them have 
grown up, you know, having the same troubles at school in that they've had learning difficulties, they've never really settled anywhere and they've both had, like, a lot of this danger thrust upon them at a young age. And the only difference is that Percy's had his mum this whole time yeah. and Annabeth's had no one. And so her and Percy are the same, but Percy's have got the support and the love and Annabeth has got no one. And actually, they did a nice moment in this episode to compare that when they're walking in the woods. Yeah. And Percy's like, well, we should just get your mum to help. Yeah. And it's, there's a naivety there because he's had that. Yeah, it's because no one's bothered to give him the lowdown, yeah. you know. And I like that as well. That's very, like, on brand for Percy. And I also like... On brand for Annabeth not to tell him anything as well. Well, yeah. <laughs> um, I wonder if when Rick Riordan wrote the books, he considered... And this might just be like a stereotypical thing. Girls generally mature emotionally faster than boys. And if they're meant to be the same age, but they're both acting at the same level of emotional maturity, it's probably not quite right. And Annabeth probably, there would be more of an obvious difference between them at that age in terms of their maturity level. Are they the same age? Yeah. Okay. In my head I had it that Annabeth was slightly younger, actually. I'm pretty sure they're the same. If not, it's like a year. That might be just because she came to camp younger. That might be what I'm getting confused with. I, okay, for my money, <laughs> this is a small thing, I feel like they haven't set up in the first, this, hopefully, this whole podcast is just going to be me bashing the first two episodes of the series and saying how great the rest of it is, because okay. this feels like the journey we're on now, but for my money, in the first two episodes, they didn't set up Grover and food mm. as a motif enough to make the food gags, which were funny, but to make them land as well as they could in yeah. this episode. I wonder if they tried the special effects of him eating tin cans and was like, screw this. Or even, yeah, but he could have just been having snacks, like, guys, I don't... <laughs> yeah. No, I agree with that. I think it's... Maybe they didn't want to make it a thing. Yeah, maybe not. Annabeth calls Medusa from the word go. We've talked about that. Appreciate he that liked from it. Her. Yeah, I liked it. It saves time, story-wise, you know. I also think it. it just makes more sense. What did you think, Medusa? I thought she was played very well. They obviously sanitised the myth because it's a kids' show. Yeah. Ooh. Although, actually, I think in some ways, less so than in the book. Oh, because yeah. Because in the book, they've quite explicitly sanitised it. This, yeah. it was just vague. And it's, to be fair, the myth, I am not completely sure that the myth is explicit in the... Well, that's it's already told, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, there'll um, be different versions and different. But yeah, that it might, you know, in some myths it'll be that they fell in love. It's yeah. like Troy, you know. Did Paris kidnap Helen against her will, or did she fall in love with him and choose to go with him? Different and the myths. All of the above. Right? Yeah, yeah, there are different. You'll find a different answer everywhere. The widely accepted story is is that Poseidon attacks Medusa, yeah. and that she's like a complete victim in everything. She didn't choose to be with Poseidon, and she didn't choose to be in Athena's temple when it happened but yeah. Athena couldn't punish Poseidon and her temple was desecrated so she had to punish someone and it was you know, it had to be Medusa well, that's how, thing, isn't it? <laughs> yeah but that is how the myth is most commonly portrayed so I expected them to do that in the show but it was much more like oh well I fell in love with your dad which is interesting because then she draws a parallel with Percy's mum yeah. and says oh we could have been sisters you know yeah which is really interesting Yeah, and it does open up the door of like your dad's a monster to Percy. Right. And again, and I, I think we talked about this with the book, but it really reminded me watching it how that view that Medusa puts across really fits in line with what's going to become Luke's yeah. view of everything. Yeah. And it and it is a like appealing and easy to understand. And yeah, it's interesting how they have that moment of getting closer and then it diverges. Yeah. It's a nice um, kind of arc through that scene. I like, I think that they've, I well... Again, this is going to sound like I'm bashing the book, and I obviously love the book so much. Yeah. But I do think that if we're talking about, like, when I'm 
watching things, I like to pick holes in. Or, well, I don't think they would have done that because they're too smart for that. I think that they have taken what would have been a scene that was like, oh, we're wandering through the woods. Oh, I can smell food. Oh, you know, but we're meant to be really clever and we're just running from monsters and we're going to wander into this place that doesn't make sense because we can smell food and then we're just going to, oh, it's obviously Medusa, but we're just going to ignore it. Well, in the book, it's very explicitly like there's some magic going I f- on. I don't know. I think it is. They, they all, there's lots of moments where Annabeth and Percy look kind of in a dream. Like dazed. So I think... And it's oh, Grover who's nervous, isn't it? Yeah, so I think in the show, if they were to do that, it would have to be like a VFX thing yeah. or like something with their eyes. And it does save time and, and it feels less clunky, I agree. Yeah, more I like it. Like this, so yeah, that's fine. And the whole thing with Percy using the head and then them having that discussion. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, it's interesting because it is the Percy that we see in the books in that he... He wants to trust everyone and he wants to sort of be good to everyone. But then there was that whole part, do you remember, when he was in Crosby's waterbed place? Mm. And you were like, oh yeah, and then he, you know, they wander off and it's all good. And and you didn't think that he'd killed him, but he had. Yeah. And there's, I think this sort of draws the same. Percy really wants her to be good and wants to believe that it's not all about the story. And then as soon as she becomes a danger, he's like, whoop, swords out. Yeah. Whoop your head off. And which they sabotage quite nicely by putting the um, hat on her. And I also thought that was that smart. was a wonderful idea. It was, but it also meant that we <laughs> didn't watch our main character beheading a woman. That's true. Yeah, and the um, and the VFX would have been yeah. quite dramatic Which on is that. good, because they then save the VFX for <laughs> one of the coolest shots in the thing which is when he uses the head on Fury outside. Yeah. And that happens, like, instantly. Yeah. And she falls from the sky. It's really cool. It's that cool. was really cool. It's still a bit dark, but we, we I think in the show, you sort of intrinsically buy into these are monsters and they don't count. And we know that they can be reborn. So he, and they made he's a basically in this episode, didn't they? Yeah. Mrs. Dodds. So we don't feel too bad about her going back to Hades for a little while. Percy revealing the prophecy to them so early on. Yeah, fine with that. Yeah? Yeah. I'm pretty sure he reveals the whole thing. No, I don't think he does, actually. actually. we don't hear the conversation. That might be what happens. He might have just said that he talked to Annabeth about the prophecy. And that might be as much as you get in the book. Mm, I think it would have been more specific. I feel like he probably told them the first two lines and then was like, oh, I can't can't really remember. I don't remember what she said. And then Chiron's like... Are you sure? And Percy's like, no, no, I know that's oh, the whole yes, reason I went up there. there but... it, there was that scene yeah. afterwards. And then Chiron, said, what did she say? Chiron can see that he's hiding something and he's like, just know it often has double meaning. Yes, which we haven't had. No, but... double meaning thing. We'll work that out. I think um, it's almost more fun this they, way. I, they, want a, they want, I assume, maybe proven wrong, but it feels like they want to have a big rug pull moment yeah. towards the end. Which would be fun. I am impersonant is, I think, yeah. the moment you were talking about. Yeah. Take it straight from the book. Yeah, the gods will think that you sending Medusa's head to Olympus is impertinent, Percy replies. I am impertinent. Wonderful. Love it. Do that all the time. (laughs) So, no fates. I know, I don't know. That was the moment we were thinking, I thought that they would have put them in with this bus ride. I mean, it is important that they show it at some point before the series ends. I wonder, I mean, I haven't... Okay. Potential spoilers now uh, for uh, Post Tracks on the Sea of Monsters. Um, I haven't finished the book yet, by the way. Two more chapters left, and we're going to record the episode on that. But there's a moment in the third to last chapter which 
this kind of feels like the first reference back to that. I don't know, maybe it will come back again as the series goes on, but for my money, if that was the reason it was important, then it's not the end of the world if we lose it. I will say nothing. Okay. Yeah, I mean, those are all my notes. Oh, actually, no, Uncle Ferdinand. Um, so Rest in peace. that was a nice moment. But in the book, because we have the slow Medusa reveal, we have this setup oh. and that moment where like, that looks a bit like my Uncle yeah. Ferdinand. That looks really like Uncle Ferdinand. And that's kind of where it all starts coming it? apart. Yeah, yeah, but also... It's so good, though. That would have been quite a nice way to reveal yeah. Medusa's thing. If I wonder Grover if... was just staring at a statue and they were like, what? And they were like, he was like, guys. Yeah. Yeah. Well... I don't know. I do, yeah. I mean, I think that we've we've lost that lovely moment. It's a cool reveal where... I mean, everyone's talking at once, isn't it? And yeah. Annabeth is trying to get Percy's attention, and Percy's talking to Medusa, who's trying to convince She's M, him, isn't she? yeah, to like do what she wants. And then Grover's just there, like having his own conversation, and everyone's getting more and more mm. tense, and it's getting faster and faster. And then it's like, like that is Uncle Ferdinand, and Annabeth is like dark and knocks them both off, and then it all goes yeah. chaos. And that would have been a lovely moment. We missed some of that, but but. Yeah. It was for the sake of Annabeth working it out mm. immediately and then Electo being there. And I mean, it was different and it was good, I think. It was. It, it would have been interesting to see them try to make the book one yeah. make as much sense as the way they did it now. I liked it now. Okay. How do you feel about the pacing of the whole thing? Well, this I think I need to see some more of the quest because. I I think the first two episodes obviously we watched them back to back so it's a bit it's still a bit I'm still trying to like work it out in my head they're like all one long episode basically yeah so that's a bit difficult well one is the introduction two is Camp Half-Blood basically yes fine it's hard because obviously the quest is really fun but like I said at the beginning Disney have come along and said we're going to throw loads of money at my favourite book mm. ever and, and I want to see every single moment yeah. from the books played out and they're not going to do that obviously yeah it's interesting we've gone from you know doing pr- roundabouts half of the book in two episodes and then this episode is pretty much one chapter mm. yeah it's stretched out and I think next episode is similar one or two yeah. from the trailer it looks like they're going to do the moment of the arch and the chimera and stuff and from what I've read next episode is about 33 minutes long it's what? very short I don't understand how they can do that in a series but that's more of a that's the same like thing. the first episode was which was doing a lot of the moving why I'm not really sure why because uh, there's 8 episodes and there's 20 chapters that's like chapter and a half ish slightly less than per episode really yeah. is what they could afford to do and we've got to chapter 9 in the first yeah. 2 and then done well like one more yeah, I don't know. Maybe they maybe they're planning for the end. Well, Hades could Hades potentially could take occupy a, while. a. You know, if they throw a visual effects budget at that, that could. Yeah. And Cerberus can be its own thing, and then they could have a separate. I mean, I think that there's an like endless amount of content you can make yeah. from it, but I don't. It, yeah, the whole. And then we've got the whole Ares weird. thing. Showed, I mean, there are, there are, there are a lot of moments. The water park thing. I haven't even thought about that. Yeah. Uh, the showdown, at the end. Luke as well. I'm really There's excited like several for several endings actually to twist. the story on there. But yeah, generally, as I said, I think my favourite episode so far. And yeah. it also it looked great. They all do, but yeah. The standout for me in this episode was the character development. Yeah. I think the Maybe that's why I liked it. <laughs> the design is beautiful as always. Always loved that. 
from the first two as well. But this time round, the characters really had their time to shine. And I think, although a lot of the interactions were new, they were really like on point with the characters. You can tell that Rick has been involved, I suppose, in the script, because he's, I mean, the characters are true to themselves. They're saying things that they would say. And he's got a whole wealth of book that he can refer back to now. Like, I suppose when he was first writing Percy Jackson and The Lightning Thief, it was all just in his head. But yeah. now he's writing the script for it, and he's got more than 10 books worth yeah. of Annabeth Chase that he can go back on That's and be true. like, what would she say? How would she act? And he's probably gone back and been like, actually, I think it's more like Annabeth actually, if she, if she yeah. was more suspicious right now or if she noticed... Mrs. Dodds on the bus instead of them getting the well, jump Well, it's like on them. myths, isn't it? It's, it's a retelling of the same story. It's yeah. not. It doesn't have to be exactly the oh, same. Oh, that's very poetic. Yeah. Well, I always think this about film adaptations, and you know, I'm probably being a hypocrite here, but I'm always a bit funny when people get precious about the books, and it's like this is a different version of the story. So I will think on that. But actually, what you just said gave me a thought about the character development. Maybe the reason we're seeing more of that and that's more enjoyable is because we've got the three of them away on the quest now mm-hmm. and so maybe the artistic choice was front loading a lot of the plot and exposition so that we then had the time for the character development later and we've got these moments and space for the characters to grow in mm-hmm. maybe I'll tell you what i want from next episode is some more jeopardy yeah from the fight scenes and i think what i'm missing is the music? Ooh, I, I really th- like the themes. Yeah, but yeah. yeah, the incidental musics. I think I agree. a lot of my tension is built through tense music. Yeah. And I, I felt like I was very calm. Mm. I don't know if it's just because I know the story inside out and I know what's going to happen. Yeah. But I felt like I was super calm throughout this whole episode, even when they were fighting and, like, you know, hiding from Medusa. I think that could have been played up in the last episode with the Minotaur, the capture the flag. I know that they're trying to make it very real. That's an interesting thing to like remove the music at all from the Minotaur fight, as I spoke about last time. I don't know. I sort of if they're gonna go with the Avengers theme yeah. as the title theme, then I sort of want <laughs> I want some like Avengers fight music for the fights. I really wanna feel like this is, you know, it's a hero story. I want some I want some like heart thumping music. The action on. itself could be stronger as well. I mean, Capture the Flag was good. Yeah. But the other fights seem to be talked about have been lacking. And, I mean, this one, I mean, there wasn't a fight scene, really. No. Medusa became invisible, so we didn't see it. But um, I think that next... when they're fighting the monsters, yeah, a lot of it is just sort of, rather than it being skillful fighting, because that wouldn't make sense. Percy's mm. not had any training at all. He's been at Camp Half-Blood for, like, two days. Annabeth, skillful fighting, sure. Grover, not a fighter. So not from him. So I sort of expect that, and it is so that in the books when they defeat a monster, it is mainly by luck or yeah, chance. Certainly. Or well, no, the, the the joke is certainly with the first few, they run away yeah. from them every time. So it's fine for it to not be so much of a climax. Yeah, like the actual fight, although it's fun when it's a spectacle. It's more the like tension and the moment. I want it to build more. I want to feel I like, agree. oh my god. Yeah, I agree, and I think you say you want that next episode, and I, from the we'll book, see. it's got the perfect chance to do that. Yeah. You know, this is a chapter that ends with our hero potentially plummeting to his death, mm. like off the side of a, you know, I don't think you can get much higher jeopardy than that, so 
We'll see. It'll be interesting to see how they play it out. I mean, I wouldn't. At this point, I would expect that they would stick with the choices that they've made and keep it sort of calm. It just feels very calm for a hero story. It, like, I'm a bit worried because one of my favourite yeah. things about the book is when I'm reading the fight scenes and the action scenes, everything is moving at such fast pace I can like feel it and I feel stress. Like I feel more stressed reading the words on the page than mm. I do when I'm watching it happen in real time, which is really strange for me yeah. because I'm much more visual, but I don't know. We'll see. Uh, Maybe it'll be something they do. I'm excited to see later. the Chimera. <laughs> yeah. I really think the special effects are amazing. They all look and great. And the acting is so good. Yeah. I think. Oh, we love Grover. Oh, we get a nice little um, little hint at um, Hermes at the end there as well. <gasps> oh, yeah, Lin-Manuel. Yeah. Didn't really do a lot. He sort of whistled, didn't he? Did you have anything else you wanted to say about the episode? No. Cool. Well, a bit Enjoyed of housekeeping it. before we go. So this... And you may have Happy noticed, holidays. if I've done my editing work in amongst various Christmas things well enough, then this episode is out on Friday, where you'd normally expect your books episode to be. We have one more episode to do of Percy Jackson and the Seed Monsters, which we are hoping to record in At the coming days. Point. It's and been Christmas. We've had lots yeah, of family things. It's just been a crazy time. Holiday and we appreciate things. your patience. Yes, And we're glad you. that the TV show's been here and we've been able to kind of put these things out. Yeah. The stop gaps. And actually, we did two episodes last week, so I think we're doing okay. But, <laughs> yeah, so hopefully that will be out next week and it will be the first episode of 2024. Wow. To finish Sea of Monsters, which would be nice. Wait, next Friday is next year? The next Friday yeah. that will yeah, happen is, is yeah, next yeah, yeah, year? Yeah, yeah. Oh, man, So that will be exciting. And we're going to hopefully keep doing these ideally shorter episodes we'll see <laughs> about the tv show alongside as well and then going from there we'll see but yeah this episode is going to be the only one this week so we're sorry about that but bear with us we've got the last episode and we want to give it the time it deserves to kind of round off the second book in the series it'd be a shame to rush it i'm excited to talk about it me too finish it, but yeah i read it so long ago i need you to catch up and then i need us to read the third book and then i need us to finish the whole thing <laughs> and then we'll start on heroes of olympus oh my gosh <laughs> cool. cool somewhere in there we might watch the musical anyway oh my gosh yeah thank you so much for joining us thank uh, you for your ears please let us know what you think of the tv show yes um where can we, we have been to us? i have been chatting a little bit actually to someone on instagram which okay. is really fun nice please message us on instagram at percy and beyond if you would like to give us a follow or as well email us at percy and beyond at gmail.com yeah we'd love to hear from you um do give us a follow on instagram as well to keep up to date with any podcast related news we'll try and give you a heads up on what's happening when episodes coming out any news spread out there as well if and you like tell your friends oh yeah tell your friends if you like this podcast please consider leaving us a review on your podcast platform of choice because it does help us to reach a wider audience and yeah thanks so much for joining us guys what are we going to say back thanks to being a thief ears. Uh, go yeah, back no, to being a thief for a go while go back to being a thief be a snake lady no 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 no, no. I can't remember. what did we say in the first episode it was be a thief no yeah in the first TV show episode we didn't say be a thief oh gosh I can't remember we said something for the TV yeah, show we were, like, episode Oh, the continuity is going down it's the drain. Fine. These people. are special. These are part of the. Be a thief. Be a thief again, or a cow if you like, or you be you. Be a be a. Be you, the best version of you. Be a well casted actor playing yourself. Wow. <laughs> okay. Bye, guys. Bye. <laughs>